What is good? Tell you what's good is uh, is making a little voice note like this for the Substack Massive, which is, I haven't done this for a while, have I? I'll answer my own question. No, I haven't. Uh, because man has been very, very busy uh, doing lots of things. One of them I'm about to tell you uh, in much detail about... Some of the things I'm not going to tell you in lots of detail about, but I have been doing, are like the the grown-up proper podcast. That's on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. This is history. It's all about the Plantagenets. We've been doing series two of that. That's going to come out at the end of March. I can't remember the exact date. I do know it, but I can't remember it. The end of March, and we're in March, so that's not very far away. Series two is dropping. Uh, so if you haven't listened to season one, go listen to that. What else have I been doing? I've been making a TV show. I'm not allowed to tell you anything at all about that. I might not even be allowed to tell you that I'm making a TV show. Even this might be illegal. Don't tell anyone uh, unless I say it's okay. But the main thing I've been doing, which is really, I wouldn't say it's driving me mad. It's not quite that bad, but it is testing my brain box to the limit is writing Essex Dogs 2, Wolves of Winter. Wolves of Winter used to be called Wolf Moon, and then we changed the name because Wolves of Winter's better. And that is coming out in the UK on October the 12th, 2023. Anyway, if you're a diligent user of Substack, firstly, thank you. If you're a subscriber, like if you pay the little five quid a month, thank you infinitely more because you, you keep this going. Um... But if you are one of those two types of Substack followers, and by definition you are because you're listening to this, uh, you'll know a little bit about Wolves of Winter from what I wrote in the post on, what was it, Monday? I think it was Monday. Wolves of Winter is, well, as I've said, it's the sequel to Essex Dogs. And whereas Essex Dogs dealt with the Battle of Cressy and the March thereunto, uh, Wolves of Winter is going to follow straight on continuous, as they say in the movies, from Essex Dogs. And we're going to pick up the boys the day after the Battle of Cressy and follow them through the bleak 11-month siege of Calais. Gets bleak. Not bleak to start with. They have some good fun. And then, well, if you've read Essex Dogs, you won't be that surprised to know that things start getting a bit weird. I'd say it, it takes... Essex Dogs kind of vibe and turns it up about five or six notches. Those aren't percentage notches. It turns up from 10 out of 10 to 15 out of 10. That's that's sort of the vibe of Wolves of Winter so far. Anyway, thank you to all the people who posted comments on this week's post about Wolves of Winter. I'm going to try and reply to as many, many of them verbally in this audio post right now. Um, so let's go. Let's go. Um, the the first big question, lots of people asked, Ger O'Shea got in there first, I think, is, is there going to be a special edition of Wolves of Winter? Well, Essex Dogs, as you might remember, via the Broken Binding, we produced 1,346 limited edition, beautiful, special copies of Essex Dogs. They had spray stenciled covers, like the edges of the cover, uh, not, I don't mean covers, what are they? The edges of the pages. There's a technical term I can't think of. It was like sprayed and shit. It looked cool. Will that do? 
Um, what else did it have? It had all sorts of like cool boards and like it was numbered and signed and like it was just cool. Uh, will we be doing a special edition of Wolves of Winter? I can't say definitely, but I'm pretty sure the answer is going to be yes. Um, nothing's agreed, signed, but all the mood music I've heard from my UK publishers is that there will be a special edition of Wolves of Winter. And if they've got any sense, which they do, to be fair to them, a rare commodity in this world, uh, it'll, it'll sit nicely alongside Essex Dogs. We've teased the cover of Walls of Winter. You saw that in the original post. It's got a sort of green and gold and black vibe going on. I've, I, I'm sitting in my office talking to you now. I know it's traditional to go for a walk, but it's really cold outside. I'm sitting in the office and I can see the actual cover of Walls of Winter. But we have, we're not going to reveal it for like five weeks. But, I, but there was a little tease on the post of the colour scheme, and it's going to look super, super wicked next to Essex Dog, so look out for that. And yes, the answer is, I think we'll do a special edition. I'd be very surprised if we didn't do a special edition, OK? OK. Um, and thank you to everyone. I, I wonder if there are still some special editions of Essex Dogs about... I, they can't. I doubt there can be. Um, but the Broken Binding might have one or two left if you want to lay claim to those. Um, they really are cool. I've run out. I've only got one copy left. I've got issue number 1,346. They often be one or 1,346, and I took 1,346. I also bought 10, but I've given them away. Given them away to my friends. Now I slightly regret doing that because they're so nice. Anyway, what's next? Linda Furness said... Dan, please add that pre-orders are available from your independent bookshop. Right. Pre-orders for Wolves of Winter in the UK are already open. So you can go to, as Linda Furness says, Linda, Linda at the Stripey Badger Bookshop in Grassington, one of my favourite bookshops, if anything, uh, says, don't forget your local indie. Yes, you can pre-order at your local indie if you're in the UK. You can pre-order at Waterstones, at WH Smith, at Amazon. Have I forgotten anyone? I don't know. Pre-orders are open. Support your local indie bookshop. Or uh, if you don't want to do that because you're a cold-hearted, globalist, capitalist swine, go support a multinational company. I don't really care so long as you pre-order my book. I do care. Support your local indie. Um, Americans slash everybody else in the world... Uh, pre-orders not open via the US booksellers yet. We don't have a date, but it won't be far behind October. Uh, and I will keep you posted here first. Always here first on the Substack is where I will share that news. Um, Jessica wants to know about special edition. Okay. And Jessica's one of those great people who buys two copies of the book, a special edition and a non-fancy copy to read. I keep a non-fancy copy of of the book I, I have one sits in the footwell of the passenger side of my car and it's got my scrawls and notes and scribbles in it so when I do live talks um I can consult it and read from it and it's all greasy and it's got finger marks and pen all over it so I too have a, a messy edition and my 1346 fancy edition um any talk says weird shit editor of a movie or television adaptation. I can't imagine the adventures of this hard-bitten crew of freebooters, freebooters wouldn't be catnip to many of the same viewers who made Game of Thrones a hit. I want to answer that question, and I cannot. 
except to say, yes, there is talk. But uh, which rapper says, talk is cheap? I can't remember. Um, there is talk. And you'll hear more if anything happens here. Um, ben Neville's got a, got a question about the nature of writing about this uh, this hullabaloo in, in Calais versus the hullabaloo in Cressy. And it's a really good question. Ben Neville says, was it harder slash different writing a book? Um, by the way, my voice is croaky today. Uh, I'm not deliberately doing uh, a deep vocal fry podcast voice. I've just had a really horrible cold for two weeks. Boo-hoo, poor me. Uh, was it harder, says Ben, writing a book around one location slash a static quote-unquote event than the march across France to Cressy? To the uninitiated, it would seem easier, feel more natural to have events crop up for the characters as they move from place to place, visiting new locations, meeting new people, etc. Or was the change useful to ensure the book felt different to the last one? Hopefully that makes sense. Man, oh man, Ben Neville, that makes that makes a lot of, lot of, lot of sense. Uh, that's been the biggest narrative challenge, writing Wolves of Winter uh, versus... Uh, writing Essex Dogs. Essex Dogs had baked-in narrative imperative. It has baked-in narrative imperative. The characters get off the boat, they do some fighting, they scratch their asses for a bit in the in the hot Norman countryside, then they get on the march, and the sequence of events is really, by definition, propulsive. It is a different story, Wolves of Winter, because, you know, it's it, they sit around outside Calais besieging it. So really, it's a it's a story that could go off in like multiverse directions. So it could be, or like there are lots of little battles happening all around Calais from time to time, but without much narrative coherence for the purposes of fictional storytelling. There is a central core narrative drive, which is like how do you winkle people out of this city, and that does change. So there is there is within the story narrative movement but it isn't geographical movement so what i've done and without telling you too much like about the plot but a little bit so it it's sort of like essex dogs it breaks into three sections so the the first section is the sort of establishment of an english camp around calais which is called villeneuve le hardy uh, the cheeky town which the, the english build this huge other town around calais out of wood on the marshland, on the hard islands in the marshland around Calais, uh, which is like a fully functioning town, which is pretty much bigger than any English town except for London. It has everything you need. Um, so there's there's the sort of setting up of that and the fighting in various towns quite near Calais with the Flemings, the Flemish army, which are mentioned quite a lot in Essex Dogs under Hugh Hastings. Then, and it sort of builds towards a climax uh, in a town called Terouanne, uh, where, from my digging around in unpublished sources, which super kind academics in the US have sent me their private transcriptions of, I found some amazing stuff that went on in Tarawan. Uh Really, really hardcore stuff that involves the desecration of a cathedral in a really disgusting way. So that's kind of going on. That's like the first part of the book. And then... I did some digging around in old 19th century French articles about uh, the French Navy and the Battle of Calais and found that there are loads of pirates involved in the Siege of Calais. So there's a ho- like a whole bit that's set around the pirates of Calais who've been chased out of Calais and off the Isle of Guernsey and are now chilling uh, 
in a pub, basically, like a tavern called the Tin Jar. So there's a load of stuff that happens around the Tin Jar. That's, that's absolutely real. There's a real pirate tavern called the Tin Jar. Um, Le Poditan. And there's then a whole bit that's... Well, you've got to be inside the city of Calais as well. And that's the, that's the end of the book, because Calais starves in the end. And we're driving towards the famous vignette from the history of the Siege of Calais, which was immortalised by Rodin in the 19th century in his sculptures of the Burghers of Calais, which the original is in Calais itself. And I visited when we were making the History of Essex Dogs films last summer. Um, that's the vignette you build towards. So th- there is narrative imperative to be found. It's it's very, very, very different task as a writer to doing Essex Dogs, though. Um, and I've enjoyed it because I've, I've had to work hard. Has pushed me to the brink of madness now, though. Um, Renee wanted to know about limited edition signed copies. Answered that. Valerie wanted to know. Yes, see my previous answer. Uh, lots of people asking about talks and signings and in various places in the UK. Claire Jacob wants to know about toppings. Ely. Um, someone wanted to know about Edinburgh. Joe Carr wants to know about Northumbria. And to, so everybody who's asked, uh, uh, Ben wants to know, will there be a sign at Toppings Bath? We'll, we'll be doing signings and talks, but none of that is yet set up. Um, but I will post the tour here. What I've got coming up, if you want to hear about Essex Dogs and you're in the UK, is a talk in Oxford. When's that? That's quite soon. Doing a talk in Oxford. <sighs> the Oxford Literary Festival on Wednesday the 29th of March. And then I'm doing a talk in LA, well, in Pasadena, of Romans in Pasadena, on... I think it's Tuesday the 25th of April. Roman's Bookstore Pass. It's not on Roman's website yet, but I'm doing a talk in Pasadena on Tuesday the 25th because I'm going to be in LA for a week and then New York for a couple of days. So I'm going to do a talk when I'm out there. And then I'm doing a talk in the British Museum back in the UK. When's that? When do you think that could be? That's in August. Tell you a date, and that's and that's you can book tickets for that now. That's with Helen Castor, my old friend and mentor. Monday, the twenty first of August. There will be October dates as well, but those haven't been set up. So that's where we are with uh, with signings. Lots of people want to know about the audiobook. I hope Ben Miles can do the audiobook of Wolves of Winter. He's fantastic, says Kim Wheland. Steve Batty agrees. He's a fantastic actor. Um, yeah, we love Ben Miles. Ben also asks about Ben Miles. He says that was banging. I hope Ben Miles does book two. I really hope he does, because he was wicked for, for book one, wasn't he? He was fantastic. Let's hope he says yes. Um, Joe wants to know about special editions of Book Tour. Um, see my previous answers. Philly wants to know about Toppings and Andrews as a, for a signing. Uh, see my previous answer. Uh, I love Topping St Andrews, by the way. Really love it. One of my favourite bookstores. One of my favourite places to visit. Um, Patricia Goddard mentions the signing in Pasadena. Yeah, it's Tuesday the 25th of Romans, Pasadena. Um, And Patricia's also been watching me on TV. When you were much younger, she says. I, I was much younger. You know who I saw last night? I saw my old friend Susie Lipscomb. We did a lot of TV together, and I suddenly realised, oh my God, that was ages ago. I think we're a bit older, both of us. She doesn't look a day older. I've been ravaged by the last ten years. Um, 
Amanda Kemp's got a got a character question. My question says Amanda is: Is there a character that gives you the most trouble when writing, or when you want to strangle a bit? My reader's example: I kind of love want to smack Romford sometimes. He's so relatable in comparison to a few people I know. I can't wait to find out about the captain and the woman. That's a woman from Valonia. Uh, Romford's. I love writing Romford chapters. Romford is a. I don't know where Romford comes from really. I kind of know with a lot of the other characters who they are deep down, like, like what they're drawing on where the character's coming from but Romford is the most like I feel like he's the realist in terms of the character who's just appeared in my imagination I don't even know where from and his character is so, he's sort of diffident but he's like he's tough in a way that but he, he doesn't have any self-regard I think that's it he doesn't really have any fear but he also doesn't have any self-esteem and that's an interesting character to write so um I'm with you on Romford, basically. Fantastic question. Um, but you do see a lot more of the captain in this book, and the, the book, Will's Winter, starts with the captain, actually. It's the, it was the first scene I wrote for Essex Dogs, and it didn't, I didn't put it into Essex Dogs in the end. But the, it's the... Because I, I thought, nah, this is the, actually the first scene for book two. And I took it out and put it into book two, and it's there, and it's, it's wild. Um... Will the East Anglians be seen in a better light, says Michael. They've kind of seen off the East Anglians. There's a new kind of uh, menace in, in Walls of Winter. Um, Helen Hodgkiss, Hodgkiss sorry, wants to know about the mystery woman. Yeah, you're going to find out a bit more about her. Jerome Evans, Walls of Winter sounds terrific. Can't wait for October. Reference Essex Dogs. You included a reading list at the back of the book, which I've delved into since into purchasing Michael Livingston's Cressley. Yeah, fantastic book. Uh, would you be able to provide a recommendation for a good all-round book that encompasses the Calais campaign? Yeah, well, I, look, I, I, I answered this actually in the comments. There isn't a book about the Siege of Calais. <laughs> Welcome to my painful world. Currently, the best narrative out there is in Jonathan Sumption's first volume, that's volume one of The Hundred Years' War. I think it was, God, when was it published? 70s, maybe. Um, uh, there we go, I've got it on my desk, it's actually falling apart. I've used it so much. Oh, no, it wasn't published in the 70s. What am I talking about? It's published in 1990. Which feels about as long ago, doesn't it? Um, the, the section on Cressy and Calais in Jonathan Sumption's Hundred Years' War is, is good. It's detailed. It shows it in the context of what was going on at Aiguillon and in Brittany um, and in Flanders and in Scotland. It's got loads of endnotes pointing to the original sources... It's not very long. It's you know, it's it's within the context of a bigger book about the Hundred Years' War. But that it's useful if you want to just get your head around what was going on. But what I'm going to do with Wolves of Winter is put a sort of thousand or fifteen hundred word historical note, which just outlines the real history and will also show you where I've used the history and where I've deviated from it. Because no, I think, well, I hope people enjoy knowing that stuff. So you'll be able to know, like, hey, what is this tin jar that they all drink in? Well, actually, here's where it was and what it was like and so on. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Roseanne says, starvation indeed. I Because I mentioned star starvation in my post about Wolves of Winter. I'm starving for the next in the series. Very good. Maureen's excited. Nina McKay's excited. Um, wow. Okay, Steve Batty uh, hopes I'll come to Leeds. Rona hopes I'll come to Edinburgh. Right, look, wow, that was cool. That was all the questions. I actually literally answered all the questions, I think. Um, if you're in the UK or you want to buy from a UK bookseller, be that an indie or like a behemoth, 
Do you say behemoth or behemoth? I've heard people say behemoth, and I worry that I've been saying behemoth all my life, and that's the wrong thing to say. Um, anyway, put that aside. If you'd like to pre-order Wolves of Winter, you'd be helping me out enormously. Pre-orders really help authors out. I mean, really help, because it trains the bookselling websites to promote the book to other readers. Uh, it gives us a good sense of appetite for the book. It's just all round uh, great stuff. It all it all helps with the drive to try and get in bestseller lists, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. Help me out, pre-order the book, would you? I think you're going to like it. I hope you will. I mean, I like it, but I would. Okay, guys, I'm checking out now. Uh, I'm going to post this, and then I'm going to do a a Friday live. So this is like that's on Facebook. But I don't think you'd be able to listen to this and get to this point in time to know that that's what I was going to do. I'm going to stop talking. Okay, Wolves of Winter. Peace.